God, I pray now in the name of Jesus that as we talk about this topic, Lord, it's a sensitive topic for many, but I pray that people will listen, apply some tips and practical steps to help them truly forgive. So many of us are weighed down. So many of us have allowed the enemy to come in through the very window of unforgiveness. So many of us are missing the opportunity to experience pure joy because we don't want to forgive. So God, I really truly pray that as we discuss on today, the healing power of forgiveness, that people will truly grasp the importance of forgiving. Because according to your word, we must forgive so that you can forgive us. So God, I pray that you will just allow us the opportunity to talk, to discuss, and for even others to experience the healing power of forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello and welcome to another episode. Um, this is Reviving the Spirit, Rehabilitation for Battle-Worn Christians podcast, and I am Latanya Price. Today, um, if you didn't notice already the title, we're going to talk about the healing power of forgiveness, um, the, the transformative impact of forgiveness on wounded spirits and its connection to spiritual healing. And so we're going to look at, of course, the word. <laughs> um, we always going to look at the word, no matter what episode <laughs> we all, we always going to go back to that word. And so this is um, no different. This is no different. Um, we're going to always go back to that word. And so we're going to look at some examples. We're going to look at some things that will help encourage. Um, I'm going to share just some, some testimonies that I know I've witnessed and just personally myself um, with just some different um, dynamics of forgiveness, because we want to make sure too, that um, the there, I believe anyway, that there are different depths, if you will, when it comes to um, how wounded someone is um, through whatever transpired that ever that, you know, that resulted in the struggle to forgive. And so because um, depending upon the dynamic, this is the situation that took place. Um, we want to make sure that we we keep a broad perspective because of course, um, just like with this whole faith journey, um, it is a process. It, it, it's, it's something that, um, it takes time and growth takes time and different things like that. So we never want to 
assume that if we give this one, two, three, four, or one, two, three, step-by-step sort of, um, like it's a step-by-step process as though, okay, you should be done with this in three months, or you should be able to be on, you should be able to have, um, be able to have a full heart of forgiveness in, in two months or in six months or something like that. Cause that's just, that's not reality. That's not reality. And so we want to make sure that we're going to kind of, um, ensure that we understand that the timeline is broad. The timeline in and of itself is absolutely different for each individual. Okay. Depending upon the situation and that one individual may actually have more than one type of wounded event, a wounded spirit event. So we're going to go into that. So first and foremost, we're just going to, of course, lay the, lay the foundation or lay the groundwork, if you will. Um, just understanding, right. The, the, the understanding forgiveness and its importance, right. Um, I said in my prayer and opening prayer, you know, we already have heard the scripture. Um, and just to summarize how, you know, we must forgive in order for God to forgive us. And so that in and of itself by itself is one of the most key things we have to keep in mind when it comes to forgiveness. And so the basic definition of, of course, just looking at that, the act or I should say forgiveness is just the act of forgiving. Okay. And so we know to forgive is to cease to feel resentment against an offender or to give up resentment of, or claim to requital for. So in essence, you know, we're having that exchange process, right? We're, we're exchanging that feeling of resentment and anger and bitterness and all of that to filter through the process of forgiveness so that it can produce that, which is really the promises that God prom you know, the promises of God that we really should be feeling. Cause when we forgive, we now are coming back into alignment with the character of God, which were created in God's image. And so we have that exchange. And so when we do that, once again, it takes time. I'm not saying this is something that should happen overnight. And for some people, maybe it does. Maybe it can't happen in a week for you. Maybe it can happen in three days. Maybe it can happen in three months. And I'm not saying that one person is better over the other. Like, oh, they are a, woo, they are super Christian because they was able to forgive in 24 hours. No, 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 no. Not at all. Um, <laughs> sorry to pop anybody's super Christian bubble, but you are literally no better than somebody that happens to have to take six months or two years or three years or five years to get to that healing side of forgiveness of being healed versus someone that may have just taken maybe a week. Okay. So, um, of course, uh, just looking at different things. Of course, I got some things over here. I'm, of course, I'm going to be reading and different things like that. But, um, of course, we have the the overall, and we'll touch on this again probably later on in, in the podcast episode. But um, we know that you know studies have shown the just the benefits, just the overall 
benefits emotionally and mentally and spiritually um, to forgiveness. Like studies have shown that if, if you're more, if for those that are more forgiving, they have less depression, they have less anxiety, they have less stress, less anger, less, less hostility is not to say that they never experience these things because as it's, as it's worded, it's just less. It doesn't mean you'll never end up feeling depressed. You'll never end up feeling resentment. You never end up feeling anger. You just, if you're willing to be more forgiving, you're just less likely to experience that which comes in with that. And we know that the enemy is cunning. We know that the enemy is always going to and fro, looking and seeking whom he may devour. And so, unfortunately, when we don't forgive, that puts a good old beacon, <laughs> a good old light show on for, for the enemy, for Satan to be like, oh, oh, yeah, let, let, me, let me play on that a little bit. And we have to keep that in mind because we never, we never want to be ignorant to Satan's devices. So we want to make sure that we always are taking our due diligence to take inventory of what's going on within our spirits and in our minds and with our emotions. We want to make sure we take that inventory and make sure we're not holding grudges. We don't have resentment. We want to make sure of that because we're going to let the good old enemy in and play with that. And it's not to say that the anger or the resentment isn't understandable. Even God himself in Old Testament times, we know that there were many times that we saw, if you read Old Testament, many times the Lord was angry. God was angry due to the people sinning. So because we're creating the image of God, God got angry. Guess what's going to happen to us? We're going to get angry too. There's going to be times where we're angry too. There's going to be times where it's like, oh, wait. Okay, I'm angry. I'm feeling resentment here. I'm feeling, I don't feel real warm and fuzzy and all and, and all lovey-dovey. <laughs> I don't feel that Christian love right now. And guess what? That's okay. But you have to acknowledge that, take your thoughts captive, because it talks about that too. In New Testament, Paul encourages those, hey, you need to ensure you're taking your thoughts captive. You're taking your thoughts captive because you want to ensure that as we're going through this spiritual warfare, because that's real, that the moment we have, wait, that anger and that resentment, Yes, you can acknowledge all those things and you can acknowledge the fact that it, they are probably very valid, re, very valid feelings, <laughs> very valid responses, okay? Not saying it's not, but at the same time, we have to grow in our spiritual maturity or our faith journey and our faith maturity to recognize, okay, they're there. I know they're there. Now I need to combat them. I need a strategy to combat them, even if it's no more than you taking some time to just stay to yourself. If it's no more than taking some time to take a vacation, if it's no more than just taking some time to shut off the television to, 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 or to just take some time and watch your favorite movie or taking that, whatever it is that helps you to capture that 
thought, those thoughts. So that way they can come under subjection to Jesus Christ and his power and God's power, do it. But learn how to respond a lot quicker. And it takes time. Like I said, it takes time. Learn how to try to respond a little bit more quickly. Don't take too many days. Don't, don't allow the feelings and the emotions and all that to just um, take root or take too deep of a root. The one thing that does make us different from God is just that God, hey, he's God. Um, <laughs> his actions on anger and different things like that is going is to definitely be a different dynamic than our reactions and actions on anger. So for him, he still has an unconditional love, an, un- an unconditional compassion, still wanted to save, still wanted to provide, still wanted to protect. We, on the other hand, we get angry. We have resentment. We don't want to do nothing. We don't want to do nothing for nobody. <laughs> and let that person hurt us. We like, Mm-mm, I'm not, I'm not talking to you. I'm erasing your number from my phone. I'm deleting you off of all my social media pages and all of that. And I'm not talking to you. I don't even want to see you on the street because if I see you on the street, I'm getting you. I mean, this is how we get seriously. This is how we get. We do. Or. We just don't, we just period point blank. Don't ever talk to the person. Don't even want to pray for the person. Don't even want to help the person if they ever in need. I mean, literally we get to that point, but we have to recognize that honestly, that's not really the right response. So, and just making sure that I reiterate this math is found in Matthew six, four times I was paraphrasing, but Matthew 6, 14 through 15, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. So I'm not a psychologist. I'm, I'm definitely not certified in any of those areas. Um, but just to reiterate what I was saying about, you know, um, the psychological and emotional, um, things that happen when we don't forgive, it's, pretty much what we just stated about, you know, for those that are more forgiving, they have less depression, less anxiety, less stress, less anger, hostility. Well, flip the script (laughs) for those that aren't as forgiving. So those that aren't as forgiving, they have depression, they have anxiety, they have stress, they have a anger, they have hostility. And We see it all the time. We see it every day. We absolutely see that every day with different people. This is why so many of us kind of encourage each other to say, hey, you have no idea what this person is going through. No idea. You have no idea what this person over here is going through, what that person is over here. So be kind, be gentle because we have no idea. Sometimes we think depression and anxiety and stress and all these different things is because somebody's overworking or somebody got six kids that's sick at home. Or we think that, you know, maybe, maybe somebody, a loved one just died and they're really depressed about it and all that. And all those things are very valid. But at the same time, maybe we also have to look at the dynamic that, you know what, somehow they got hurt. And they have a, and they're dealing with having to forgive. They're dealing with having to forgive. 
And so we know in the Bible, number one, in the Bible, (laughs) from just a general standpoint, forgiveness, we know, is something that God has dishes out repeatedly. (laughs) I mean, from the very jump of the book. Think about it. From the jump of the book, of the Bible book, Adam and Eve, from the very jump. We have to kind of, in fact, kind of see that continuous thread throughout his word of forgiveness. Like it's this, it's this grace, it's this mercy that is never ending, literally never ending. Like when you really grasp your mind around that, it's like, yeah. Like from the very jump, it talks about forgiveness. We have some situation where forgiveness had to be, had to be given from the very jump. Um, I think to me, when we think about forgiveness and, and there's different applications, there are different things that, um, we have, and, and, and I, and I'm reading some, some information, um, like I was saying, how forgiveness is, you know, just throughout the whole, throughout the whole Bible. Um, we're talking about the Bible. I mean, it has so many different, when I tell you so many different references to forgiveness and the way they're translated, it's just, it's a lot. Old Testament and New Testament, both. Um, and, but no matter how they're translated, cause you know, we have forgiveness that can mean, you know, to leave. Um, it could be, or to allow, or, and we know we, it's always forgive or pardon. That's the common one to forgive or pardon, or, um, we have, um, to bear or lift up or, you know, it, 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 in the Bible, just depending upon the, 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 um, the actual book and translation. And when it comes to, um, you know, as far as Greek and Hebrew things, it just depends, but the same consistency of forgiveness is really the same throughout both Old and New Testament. Um, it's, it's consistent. It's just that, you know, it's something, and I'm just going to read it here. Forgiveness is something that may be obtained from God flowing freely as it does from his being. But we also have to remember, and this is the part that comes a little bit into both the psychology side and emotional side and the spiritual side. But this comes about only after the satisfaction of his justice and the response of a penitent, contrite heart. So the miracle of divine forgiveness and grace, however, emerges from the fact that through the system of sacrifice for sins under the old covenant and the imparting of the gift of faith and repentance, God himself himself provides the ultimate sacrifice for sin and the foundation of absolute forgiveness in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. So even in that same arena, when we go through a process of forgiveness, there is some work. (laughs) There's some work. Sometimes I say some, but maybe it's a lot for some people. 
but it's going to be some work. It's going to take work. Like I said, it takes time and it's, it's a process. Like I found one thing that kind of says is kind of, it comes in and this ain't really three steps, but it's three maybe phases or three, um, just stages maybe if you want to call it that you know so that way we're not putting a a cap or like okay so you're going to go to this one this one this one no you might go to this one and then go to the third stage but then you might come to two but then oh wait well you might go back to one you never know okay so and i'm getting this from um uh churchonthemove.com and i just found this and it looks like it's recently was just published as far as like a little blog post if you will And so they mentioned like the first stage is the inner work of forgiveness. So this is something between you and God. Remember how I was saying you want to take your thoughts captive. So this, you have to take that time to go to God. You're hurt. Yes. But the first person you really should turn to, maybe I know you want to tell you, you want to tell your best friend, you want to tell you, you want to tell your mama, your your daddy or whoever your confidant is, your best friend, well, whoever it is, I get it. However, before that night is done, after you got hurt or before that day is done, or I would say as soon as possible, go to God because you have to go to him. Even if you're mad at him. Listen to what I just said. Yep, I said it. Even if you're mad at him. Because we know that God has a sort of, um, I don't want to really call it permissive will because I know some people don't believe in permissive will. Some people do. God allows things to happen. Yet, we know that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So, Even if you're mad at him that the event happened and you have now this bitterness and resentment and you don't really feel like forgiving the person or the offender, still go to God. And you're mad at God for letting it happen, still go to God. Because at the end of the day, we still live in the fallen world. We still know that Satan goes to and fro. He prowls about. Seeking whom he may devour, period. And so we have to go to him. So it's an inner, it's an inner work. If you truly want to forgive. Now, I said try to go to him as fast as you can. That's just me and my opinion. However, if you can't, it's still okay. But please, please find that time because you want to forgive you want to forgive not forget this is another point and i totally wholeheartedly agree and i'm reading this particular post because i agree with how they kind of laid this out forgiving does not mean you forget and i know people will kind of be like wait but you you know you're christian and don't god forget Uh, you know he forgives and forget and cast our sins into, you know, as far as into the, you know, into the sea of forgetfulness or, you know, people call it sea of forgetfulness, <laughs> but casting into the sea that's, you know, goes as far as east to the west, blah, 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 blah. Paraphrasing, of course. Um, but we still have to give an account, y'all. So as much as God forgives, <laughs> guess what? He, it still talks about, we got to give an account. We have to give an account for our actions. We have to give an account 
especially once we declare Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and we start doing his work. It's one thing to not be saved and you just made up your mind that you don't want to be saved and you don't believe in Jesus Christ. Whatever your final destination is and the final judgment, which I do believe, you know, it's going to be a final judgment. I do believe there's a heaven or hell. You're going, if you don't accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're going to hell. If you do, you're going to heaven. That's that. But you still have to give an account. You still have to give an account. And no, I'm not saying that you just keep sitting so that sinning so that grace may abound. Obviously not. But you do have to still give an account. You have to give an account. And so, yes, we don't forget, but that's not the account that God's going to kind of really ask you for. So he's not, I don't believe anyway, that he's going to be like, well, did you forgive and forget? (laughs) Did you forgive and forget? Because that's not what his word really says. His word talks about forgiveness. Forgiveness. So no, absolutely don't forget because no offense we are not to be ignorant to Satan devices. So if we know that offender is a repeated offender, not just to you, maybe to other people. Like they offended you more than once, but maybe they offended somebody else way more than they offended you. And this person is whatever. You don't forget because you don't want to get offended again and again and again and again and again. We got to remember we are in a spiritual war and we are victorious and we have to do all that we can to make sure that we, that we don't keep getting into the same traps of the enemy. We are no longer slaves to sin. So we have to ensure that we are doing our very best to avoid that which the enemy tries to do to us, to our very best abilities. Will it always be that way? No, but there are many things that we can avoid. It says in his word that we flee from him. That's how we conquer Satan. We, we flee. We avoid. We, we don't even entertain that. Like, why, why, why would you even entertain it? So no, you don't forget. Absolutely not. And then of course, the second stage they talk about is the other work of repentance. So this talks about the person repenting. Um, This has to do with the other person. Um, First and foremost, they actually make a note that repentance is not, I'm sorry. It goes far beyond remorse and apology. It is the hard work of actually changing. So this particular person, let's say the offender, um, maybe they, they, they do repent and they really do change. They say sorry and they apologize, but they really do change. And so even in that same vain you still ain't forgetting no offense i know that person's changed i'm just being i'm being honest i'm gonna speak from my perspective 
yeah, that person has changed. They changed their behavior. They're no longer being, you know, re- doing that repeat thing that causes the, the offense. However, I'm not saying that you still aren't supposed to um, love and, and, and help and pray. And you should have still been doing that regardless if they didn't change. But I would still ensure that you pray because by this stage, you already talking to guys, they, you know, you're already doing the inner working from stage one. So you're praying to God, you're talking to God. And if this person really does change, I'm not saying that you have to get it back into, which is going to be the third stage, getting back into a type of, uh, close relationship, but maybe you all can at least be cordial. Now that in and of itself may take time. Once again, takes time. It might not happen right away. Even if they change their behavior, it might not happen right away. But eventually, reconciliation. This is the stage three. The outer work of reconciliation. You can reconcile. Y'all be cordial. Y'all have peace with each other. You have peace with yourself and all of that. But let's make sure we understand this too. Reconciliation might not happen it might not happen and that's okay um reconciliation is something that is demonstrated by God being you know being himself you know because he really you know he, he God first reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ right and so we being an image of God, once again, we have that same power to reconcile. We do. We do. But will it always happen? No. Just because Jesus came and died on the cross as a final sacrifice for our sins and became the way to God, <laughs> if you will. It don't mean everybody's going to go that way. Everybody's not going to take that way. So everybody don't reconcile. Everybody's don't necessarily reconcile. So if it don't happen, you know, you can still do the inner work of forgiveness. So that way you heal and that way you become whole because that is the most important part. Because as long as you forgive, your healing will still take place. It'll still take place. Um, so, and like I said, once again, that takes time. It's a journey. It takes time. It, it takes a lot of, it, not going to say a lot of time. Like I said, once again, it just depends on how wounded you are. It may take a lot of time and it may not. Um, I want to ensure too that um just from a personal perspective um personally sharing just I've seen I've witnessed I've seen on TV but I've actually witnessed and this is one that stuck out for me but I'm going to give kind of like kind of a couple of testimonies one that's personal for me and then another that I've witnessed. But the one that I witnessed actually connects with, with mine. 
I remember seeing on TV before this happened, a mother forgiving um, the man that murdered her son. I don't remember the story story itself. I don't remember where it happened and I'm so sorry. Um, I probably is. It's probably still out there somewhere. The video from the news, uh, from the news, um, clip and things of that sort. It's probably still out there. Google, you know, <laughs> it's going to hold all the stuff, but I remember, and it's been at least, I know. Yeah. I want to say, yeah, years ago, maybe over five years ago. And I remember seeing this clip and literally this mom, forgave this man now here's the thing that happened the man the woman was living in like a double um i can't remember if she owned it or i can't remember the 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 way this happened but literally the man i think he served his time he served his time in prison different things like that um but he got released um i think he went on probation or whatever the case was and so literally the man moved next door to the mother. And when she found out, I think that, and that's also kind of how the story kind of climaxes, if you will, is that they ended up becoming neighbors. And they, you know, if he was in a bind, she helped him and she was, you know, cordial to him she didn't have no anger she didn't have no resentment she was able to be as such a peace and she I remember her saying that like I'm at peace I've forgiven him justice was served it was what it was my son is you know it my son is not even here anymore me holding on to a resentment What's the purpose? Me holding on to this grudge, what's the purpose? And I want to say she was a Christian. <laughs> and she, you know, she just referenced being a Christian and this is what this is what she was meant to do. And so they became neighbors. So she became the neighbor of the man that murdered her son. I remember seeing it. I don't know what the state was. And if anybody hears this, maybe y'all remember it. I'm 41 years old. So, so, but it's been some years ago. I remember seeing it on television. Now I said that to say this because that was on TV, but I witnessed it in real life. With a wonderful woman from a church ministry that I was a part of. And it happened, um, and when I tell you it happened probably three to four years ago. I don't want to be real specific because um, this is her testimony, but I know, and I'm not sharing names or anything like that, but if she ever were to hear this, she probably knows I'm talking about her. Um, but her son got, got killed. Um in the neighborhood she wasn't I mean it wasn't too far from where they lived it was right in the neighborhood right right in the neighborhood <sighs> uh, I think it was a drive-by if I remember correctly and I remember watching her handle the situation and 
I, you know, of course she was hurt. She, you know, went through the grief with her son. You know, of course you you just lost your son. Um, you're going to have grief, you know, besides that, let alone, um, that retrospect, somebody murdered your son. But I remember they allowed her to speak at church about maybe, maybe a year later, maybe a year later, allowed her to speak. And she just gave her testimony about her son. But the one thing she said was, I forgive that young man. And so after hearing her testimony, because she said I forgave him, and I remember going up to her a couple of Sundays later. It wasn't that same Sunday. I remember going up to her and telling her, you helped me to forgive myself because of your testimony. And she hugged me so tight and she prayed over me and she just reminded me I did everything that I could. This leads into my testimony because for a long time, for quite a while, I struggled with blaming myself for the stillbirth of our daughter in 2013. I blamed myself, like, why didn't I pray more? Why didn't I go to the doctors more? Why didn't I just go right to the doctors when I first felt something was wrong? And all these different things. And so I blamed myself for, for quite a while. I blamed myself. I blamed myself. And it wasn't as though I didn't want to forgive myself because I did, because I understood. Cause so many, you know, everybody will tell you doctors, nurses, everybody will tell you, you know, unfortunately when stillbirth happens, it happens. There's no real, um, there's no real, uh, explanation at times, you know, there's no real explanation. And so I was like, okay. And so when I saw that though, with my own eyes, I was like, surely I can forgive myself. <laughs> I can surely forgive myself, right? Like she forgiven somebody that shot her child. I could forgive myself. And for some people, they might, you know, some people might say, well, you know, you didn't really have to even go through a process of forgiveness, but I, but for me and my own self-conscious, I had to. Because I was no longer, I was angry with God. I'm not going to lie. I went through that whole phase too. Um, but I was no longer angry with God. And I was starting to get back into a, um, I ain't going to necessarily call it like a rhythm rhythm, but I was starting to heal just from the grief. If you will get back to a, a, a point where I was able to live and have, you know, um, a better, a better mental clarity and uh, spiritual clarity and everything, but literally I had to forgive myself. I had to go through the process of more inner work. <laughs> I did. I, I had to go through another, just more processing because, and I really didn't know it until 
I realized that I was carrying a spirit of resentment. I was carrying anger still. Like it was still there. Like by this time, number one, like I said, that was 2013. What just happened was about three to four years ago. So it's 2013, this 2023. So, you know, it wasn't that it was, you know, a few years after the 20, 2013. So it wasn't like, I didn't feel like the anger and resentment should have been gone by then, but it was still lingering. And I didn't understand why it was still lingering. And then that's when God had to just tell me, you haven't forgiven yourself. I forgave him, but I hadn't forgiven myself. Tripped out, right? I hadn't forgiven myself. And sometimes when we are offended or we go through an event, guess what? You might have to go through a process of forgiving yourself, not just the offender, not just, you know, whatever the case may be. You may end up having to process the forgiveness of yourself. Period. Forgiving yourself. Like, it's crazy, but that's true. That's the truth. Forgiving yourself. And some people blame themselves when something happens. They do. Be it whatever. And I'm not going to call out different situations because it might be a trigger for some. But if they've gone through something really traumatic, they might blame themselves. Like, man, I should have. Something told me I shouldn't I shouldn't have stayed over tonight. I shouldn't have went to that party. Or something told me I shouldn't I shouldn't have done that. And they begin to blame themselves and be like, I knew better. I, I should have done this. I should have done that. Da, 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 da. And they begin to build up so many different scenarios that they're like, I should have done this, this, and this. I should have, I should have, I should have. But the reality is, it's not, the reality is, is that it's not, it's not, uncommon to have to go through a process of forgiving yourself. Colossians 3.13 says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, if any of you, I'm sorry, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Once again, (laughs) that's in Colossians. We just had someone something back in Matthew. So I said those particular, I gave those little short testimonies, two dynamics, one about forgiving yourself, one about being able to forgive somebody else. And it brings about such a healing because I did forgive myself. And it was such a healing and it was so powerful. I truly believe it released my desire, number one, to once again, even to have to even go through pregnancy again because that's that's was holding me back it was holding me back and the enemy knew it the enemy knew that was going to hold me back from trying to be pregnant again because I couldn't forgive myself because I had this fear I had this anxiety like oh my goodness is going to happen again but lo and behold we have a beautiful three and a half year old son amen hallelujah and it was by the grace of God let me tell you it was by God's direction 
once I was able to forgive myself, I was able to clearly hear God say, try again, clearly hear the instruction on, Hey, let's go ahead, move forward, have a child. Everything's going to be okay. And I remember he showed me in a vision while I was pregnant, everything was going to be okay. Everything was going to be all right. And sure enough, (laughs) we have our little boy. And to even piggyback on her testimony, she now helps others with the same situation or just with overall grief. So the healing path or the forgiveness as a path to spiritual healing. When we forgive, there is a growth process that is intended to happen. Okay. We don't, we don't ever want to look at forgiveness as just being something that, you know, we just do because, you know, it's what God told us to do. And it's in the Bible and we, we, we don't want to scale it down like that. No, there's power. There's power in the healing of, in, in, the, in the healing process of forgiveness. And so I believe, and I'm going to use this Bible uh, story as an example. There's a portion in Corinthians, first and second Corinthians, and people probably know where I'm getting ready to go with this. Who those are Bible readers in first Corinthians five, Paul discusses, uh, some pride and about a man in a church that is just living in sin period. So reading first Corinthians five, starting in verse one, I can hardly believe this is new living translation. I can hardly believe the report about the sexual immorality going on among you. Something that even pagans don't do. I am told that a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmother. You are so proud of yourselves, but you should be mourning in sorrow and shame. And you should remove this man from your fellowship. Even though I am not with you in person, I am with you in the spirit. And as though I were there, I have already passed judgment on this man. Verse four, in the name of the Lord Jesus. You must call a meeting of the church. I will be present with you in spirit. And so will the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse five. Then you must throw this man out and hand him over to Satan so that his sinful nature will be destroyed. And he himself will be saved on the day the Lord returns. Now. Let me just go ahead and hop on over to second Corinthians. Chapter two starting at verse five. So forgiveness, this is talking about the forgiveness five. I am not overstating it. When I say that the man who caused all the trouble hurt all of you were more than than he hurt me. Most of you opposed him and that was punishment enough. Now, however, it is time to forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overcome by discouragement. So I urge you now to reaffirm your love for him. Verse nine, I wrote to you as I did to test you and see if you would fully comply with my instructions. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. 
And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit so that Satan will not outsmart us for we are familiar with his evil schemes. So first and foremost, we are in a, in a, in a time and place where we, <laughs> where we really are, you know, throwing people out. Um, we, we, we don't really have that not to be funny. We don't. And so because we haven't really been getting all of that, um, because we haven't really do that, you know, nowadays, I mean, some, well, let me rephrase that. Some ministries may do it. I, I don't witness that too often. Um, nowadays, um, I witness more of what they call like being sat down for some of my people that, that understands that terminology. They might get sat down, meaning they, if they was a part of a particular role or ministry or duty within this church or something like that, they might be asked to sit down for a while, um, to consider, um, the sin and to give time for repentance for whatever they need to do. And so, um, looking at the forgiveness side, because the whole man living in sin and the people were proud. Yeah. That's a whole nother segment. <laughs> that's a whole nother segment. Um, because they were, they, I feel they were so blinded by what was going on. So I think it, it was a little bit of twofold to where I think to me, in my personal opinion, and I'm like, cause I'm not a theologian. I've said that before. Um, these people wasn't helping him through to find that repentance. <laughs> so Paul was like, well, if y'all not going to help him, go ahead and kick him out. Y'all so proud. Y'all so doing what y'all do. They kick him out and let Satan deal with it. If that's what y'all feel like y'all need to do. Y'all so proud of this. And so that's what I feel anyway. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of scenarios in that. There's a lot of things you could pick up out of that. So. In that same retrospect in second Corinthians, we have where now he's like, forgive. He's repented from with, you know, he's repented of his sins. He's recognized what he's done. He's asked God for forgiveness. Now we must forgive. And so that's what he charged him to do. And so I feel as though when it comes to forgiveness, it's not that we are um, pardoning or condoning or implying that the, the, the behavior that they're doing is okay. Because obviously this man ended up repenting, which we understand repentance is, you know, they, they turn away from the sin they were doing that they were involved in. And so because they turned away, and he repented. Now it's like, don't keep exiling him because now you're going to end up discouraging him. And this is why we don't necessarily see people just being kicked out of church because people are a lot more quicker to begin, become discouraged. And so now we have the mandate say, no, 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 no. We, we gotta, we gotta, you know, we just been chastised because of what you was doing now, you know, but at the same time, okay, now get over it. Paul is like, okay, now let's, let's calm down. I'm glad y'all followed the instruction. It was just a test, just a test to see, but I'm glad y'all followed. But now I need y'all 
to help him. I need y'all to comfort him. I need you all to embrace him because all of y'all ain't, ain't doing right anyway. So I'm gonna need y'all to, <laughs> to go ahead and bring him on back in, okay? And so to me, I feel like I brought that up because it brings about an importance about even in the process of forgiveness, make sure, even if it's yourself or you're doing that for your own you know, forgiveness as far as from an offender, make sure that you are putting yourself in a situation where you all can come together. Somebody is encouraging you. Somebody is comforting you. Somebody is able to bring you back to where, you know what? Yeah, I sinned, but now God has forgiven me. God has remade me new. God has given me a new light, a new path and a new um, insight. And now it's time to move forward and be obedient in what he tells me to do. Now I'm focusing on what God is telling me to do. I no longer am distracted. And so, like I said, they wasn't condoning what he was, Paul wasn't condoning, you know, even though he's like, yeah, I forgive. He repented, but just imagine if he hadn't repented, but he still could have forgiven, but it wasn't meaning that he was condoning the behavior. Okay. Um, Ephesians 4, 31, 32 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with each form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Once again, we, it's kind of like a common thread, right? It's we forgive like God forgave us. And so that's, that's one of the things I wanted to bring about just because we want to make sure that we are surrounding ourselves as much as yes, it's an inner working that takes place. There is an outer working that does take place. And I do believe a part of that outer working does involve who you surround yourself with. And that is so critical because the people that you surround yourself with is either going to help you continue to block out the demonic forces. It's going to help you to capture those thoughts, make those thoughts captive under God's power and all of that. Or the people you surround yourself with is going to help you to fall deeper into depression, anxiety and stress and anger and hostility and bitterness and everything else. It depends on your atmosphere it truly does it truly does so we want to overcome the challenges of forgiveness as we were saying it takes time it can be challenging especially if the wounds are deep I know that when I had to forgive myself, I had to really press in. I had to really dig deep within myself. Um, I had to really fight and bring those thoughts captive that the enemy was really trying to block me from. I mean, when I tell you he was black, we, he was trying to, he was trying me. But eventually I just was like, listen, and so <laughs> I don't know if anybody's like this, but maybe y'all, maybe y'all understand me when I say this. Sometimes when I find myself repenting, even if it doesn't have to be one minor thing, I find myself just repenting of everything again. Like I ain't forgot the stuff I done. Okay. I ain't forgot everything. Cause I'm not perfect. I ain't say I lived the perfect life. I ain't been saved all my life. So 
literally sometimes I find myself just repenting of everything again, <laughs> like going down the whole list. But I say that to say, because even in that process, what I was doing, I found myself journaling and writing things out and literally digging at different, just different things that was that I, that, 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 that I knew could be a window for Satan to come and attack. So I had to check everything. I, I really did. And sometimes when it comes to that process of forgiveness and healing, you have to take that check. You really do. And be, and give yourself some grace and give that person some grace. Like I was saying, that offender at first, you going to be mad. Yes. And that's valid. However, considering what that offender might've been through in their life, it could be a situation where that offender has gone through some stuff through their life. And unfortunately they really are hurt. And we all know that phrase hurt people, hurt people. And so that person hurting you, yeah, they was hurt. They were hurt. So if you're struggling with forgiveness, take some time. I know, number one, we are not fighting against flesh and blood in this spiritual warfare. Understand that offender was being used by Satan. And then take the time to understand a little bit. I know it takes time, but take the time to understand that person was probably hurt. That person was probably hurt. Luke 17, three and four says, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in one day and seven times, Come back to you saying, I repent. You must forgive them. Not forget, but forgive. Doesn't say forgive and forget, but forgive. So we have to take that time to recognize that Satan truly was in that person. They might not recognize it. <laughs> Unfortunately, especially if this is a person to say they're a Christian. A lot of us Christians don't think, oh, we can be used by Satan, but oh, we can. We'll fall for the enemy's trap if we're not careful, if we're not mindful. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We can get used if we're not careful. If we're not careful. Matthew 18, 21 through 22 says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Just piggybacking off of what, what it was in Luke. There's no number that we should really give. Think about God and how many times he forgave you. Even after you said, <laughs> Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Think about it. How many times more did God have to forgive you? So what I challenge anyone to do when it comes to struggling with forgiveness. Take some time for that inner working. Take that time. One other scripture I wanted to bring up before I bring up this other one. And this was something that I, and I'm going to try to make this quick. 
because I don't like making my podcast episodes that long. I'm just going to be honest. It's a trans, that's a transparent moment for anybody. Um, but I was sitting in church this past Sunday, um, per this recording this past Sunday. And, uh, the pastor was preaching on, you know, God is for is God is for me. And he may mention, and this is a scripture and it was just, it was just a quick illumination, if you will, of the scripture, uh, another aspect for me to look, look at this scripture. And I always tease my best friend about, you know, man, when, when is this, when is this low going to get a little lighter? I thought when I was with Jesus, <laughs> I thought the low, the burden was, you know, it was supposed to be a little lighter and, you know, cause he says, you know, take my yoke upon, you know, take the, you know, take my yoke upon, upon me. It's easier to bear as easy as, you know, it's light. Um, cause that's how it says, you know, in chapter Matthew 11 verse, we're starting at verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. The reason I brought this up is because literally I was like, wow. And when I was sitting in church, and he came to a point, um, just, he made some awesome points, but he came to that point about, you know, how God is for us and he wants us to bring our cast, our cares upon him and everything else, because, you know, we are his, you know, he cares about us, but yet he wants us to take on, you know, the easier, easier yoke because it's supposed to be easier, supposed to be lighter, but he began to read off or kind of highlight the easier part. <laughs> And I sat there and I was like, wait, so really Jesus being able to forgive, Jesus being able to minister, being able to feed, being able to love unconditionally, being able to heal and perform miracles and all, that's the yoke that is easier to bear. That's the burden that he gives us, which is lighter, the forgiveness. And I'm bringing up that one because that's one of the things that Jesus came to help accomplish is the forgiveness aspect. And so that's the lighter part. That's how when he teaches us, it's more gentle on our hearts. It helps our hearts to heal. We know in any healing process, especially physically, if we had a surgery, what does the doctors always tell us to do? Take it easy, right? Doctors always say we break a leg. We had a major surgery. What's the first thing they tell us? Take it easy. Take it easy. Don't do a whole bunch of stuff. Don't be trying to get out here and think you about to just be right back to where you were before the surgery. No, no, no. Take it easy. I literally had to think about this and I was like, wow. So forgiveness is one of those, is one of those aspects. That's the lighter that's supposed to be lighter. So everything about him, as far as what he's done, that's the lighter, the, the, the loving, the unconditional love and forgiveness. I was like, oh, wow. So I feel as though some of the most practical steps to, to cultivate forgiveness is number one, remember the characteristics of God and Jesus Christ. Remember that. 
and take some time for the inner workings to letting go of the resentment and then having that empathy, which I was just saying, remember, you're not, you what, you're not, you're not angry at that person, but that demonic spirit that influenced that person. Be angry at the demonic influence because you're supposed to rebuke that, not the person, the rebuke Satan, that spirit. So that might take some journaling. That might take some meditation. I always highlight the Abide app. I love the Abide app. Um, I actually got a link on the Reviving the Spirit um, Facebook page. I have a link right now up there that talks about a, um, I think it's a seven days of, uh, of like over, overflowing in God's grace or something like that. Definitely something I would say, hey, if that's one way to join the Abide app, I recommend it. Taking some time. And then like I was just saying, seeking that support from community and even the spiritual leader, if they ain't the one who hurt you, unfortunately. We live in that time. We live in that time, y'all. I'm just going to be honest. We live in a time where even spiritual leaders, they end up hurting, unfortunately. So, but journaling, meditation, getting that support, making sure you're surrounded, make sure your atmosphere is conducive for the healing. Please hear me when I say, I don't care what the healing process looks like. Make sure you're atmosphere is conducive so that you can heal so that you can hear from God. I literally had to forgive myself, but I had to ensure I was in the right atmosphere. And sure enough, I was, I had my church community. I confided in, in the one person at that point because I wanted to forgive myself and you have to want to forgive. That's another key thing. You have to want it. And I pray that you want it. I pray you do because I don't feel you want to carry that unforgiveness because then you're not really exemplifying the characteristics of God. Amen. So Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, live at peace with everyone. Okay. It's not, listen, reconciliation is not always a guarantee, but, 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 but. Just because you're not reconciled doesn't mean you can't um, still live at peace. It, reconciliation is meaning, you know, you, y'all, 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 y'all know, you, you know, you actually have some sort of level of uh, acquaintanceship, if you will, that's a word. Like you're able to talk to this person on a regular. Listen, you might not be able to talk to that person on, on a regular and that's okay. It's more important for you to get show healing. Pray for that person at the end of the day and you get your healing because God's going to ask you, did you forgive? He's not going to ask that offender. He's not going to ask anybody. He's not going to ask your mama, your daddy, your best friend that you confided in. He's going to ask you, did you forgive? Okay. So just to give a conclusion, remember that we don't want to, the, the actual base <laughs> definition of forgiveness is that to forgive is that whole exchange of the resentment, letting go, exchanging it so that we can have peace. That way we're not stressed out. We're not having anxieties. I know so many of us, oh, 
we there are some triggers and and, and things that that unfortunately because of the event we do have triggers let me plug this in real quick we have those triggers and just because you have triggers doesn't mean you're not healed i don't know who's that for but just because you have triggers don't mean you're not healed let me make sure i say this you have triggers because you still have a care or compassion for your healing journey and having a trigger doesn't mean that you avoid all triggers. Try to, I always recommend to try to the best as you can, but you won't be able to, I will never be able to avoid the trigger of Charlotte's birthday. I will never be able to do that. August 23rd, 2013. I will never be able to avoid August 23rd. It comes around every year. Yet, I take the time to recognize that don't mean I'm not healed. It just means that when that trigger comes, I recognize it and I'm better able to, 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 to process it and to get through it. Because healing doesn't necessarily take away the wound, or if you will, or, or, or it makes the wound disappear. That's not the purpose of healing. The healing doesn't erase the wound, but the wound does signify that healing is possible. And there is a time and a place where even when you should avoid trying to do a lot when that trigger is there. So remember that even in the power of forgiveness, you can achieve spiritual healing, which helps you with your spiritual journey and maturity and your faith rehabilitation. Amen. And so I just, I encourage anybody that's listening to this and they're struggling with that forgiveness, baby. Like my mama would call me pumpkin, <laughs> pumpkin. Take your time, but go on the journey. Go on the journey, okay? Please, please forgive. Don't hold that resentment. It's holding you back. It's holding you back. It's not, it's going to block you from receiving the manifestations and the promises of God. Not saying you won't be blessed. Not saying you won't be, you know, be able to still survive and have all your, you know, have everything that you need and, all this other stuff. Trust me when I say because I am a witness. Holding on to unforgiveness truly blocks that which God wants to do in your life. You can't be healed. The triggers will be worse. The triggers will get worse and worse and worse. And here comes the anxiety. Here comes the extra medications. I'm not saying you won't need medications because I. I was on Xanax for a quick minute after, after Charlotte. Hello. I'm going to be honest. Yes. I was a Christian on Xanax. Yep. Say something. Oh, and so, but I'm off of it now. Don't need to take it. But if you don't let go, here come more pills here come and never know what the enemy tries to convince you of to do next drink and do this and try to do, listen, don't give a foothold to the enemy. Okay. Please, 
All right. Subscribe to my podcast. It is now available on major platforms. Um, And then, of course, we want to make sure that you listen and stay tuned for the next podcast episode. Okay, let us pray. God, we thank you for this day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. God, I pray that you will allow every listener to be encouraged and empowered. And God, I pray now in the name of Jesus, that those that are struggling with unforgiveness, they're struggling to not forgive. They don't want to forgive. They like, no, mm-mm, I'm not forgiven. I'm not, I'm not doing it. It was too, it was too traumatic. It was too hurtful. It was too painful. I'm not doing it. God, I pray that you, who first and foremost, let them know that you love them, that you want them to come to you. Let them know. And, and I, I asked for some angels or, or just somebody to cause just to come by and let them know it's okay. It's okay to be mad, but go to God. God, I pray those people turn to you. Even if it's as simple as God, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have this anger no more. I don't want to have this resentment no more. I don't want to have this irritability no more. God, help them. Help them to recognize that, yes, they can forgive. They can be healed. They can be whole. They, they don't have to have constant anxiety. They don't have to have constant um, anger and, and bitterness and resentment. It doesn't have to cloud their heart and crowd their heart. God, I pray that they release that and let you come in. Let your love come in. Let your grace come in. Let your mercy come in. Let your power come in. So they know the authority that they have to rebuke Satan, but yet pray for that person. Pray for the offender. Pray for themselves. If there's somebody that's listening, they have to forgive themselves. God, help them to know to give themselves a little grace. It wasn't their fault. Life happened. Life happens and we make decisions. Yes, but every decision that we make, it does not mean that we can't ensure that we do what we can to get back on the path to you. Mistakes are just mistakes. They're just, they're not, they're not the end. And God helped them to recognize it. And I pray God, that those that take, that do decide to take that journey. Please, Lord, help them to know that it's for their good. It's for their good. It's to help them deepen their relationship with you. Because repeatedly, we, we made the note how if we don't forgive, you don't forgive us. We have to forgive like you forgive us. So when we forgive, you forgive us. And so it deepens the, our relationship with you. And God, I pray that they, that they desire a greater relationship with you. And if they desire that greater relationship, then surely the desire to forgive will be there too. God, we thank you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Until next time. 
Have a great rest of your week. Bye.